Hey, y'all. Welcome to the People Purpose Podcast, the show that explores all of the ins and outs and challenges and opportunities HR, people managers, and all people face at work every day. I am Chaz Fields, and I'm here with my co-host... Julie, Julie Devlin. Devlin. Hi. <laughs> Thank you hey, for reminding hey, me of my name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was, I was like, oh, do we have this awkward like hesitation and you say it? Because you know me. I'm just going to interject, right? I, I, I do know you and I know just, that you like to interject, but that's okay. That That's what makes you unique, Chad. Yeah. Oh, that's a, yeah. That's man. That was kind of passive aggressive, I feel like. But, uh, not, not why we're here, right? So, hey, Jules, um, as always, let's start with, uh, hey, what made you smile today? Well, that conversation just made me smile, number one. <laughs> but number two, um, what made me smile? I So one thing about me, Chaz, that uh, maybe a lot of people don't know is that I collect sports cards. Um, I love collecting sports cards. Yeah. I've been doing it for many, many, many years. It's a big part of my life. And um, I get to go to a national sports collector's convention soon. So I'm excited about that. Where is that? Where's that going to be at? It's in Chicago. It's in Rosemont. Oh. Rosemont, Illinois. Yep. Chicago's a lot of fun in the summertime too. So yeah, it's actually there during the time that there's like a huge concert there as well. It's going to be a lot of people uh, around, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And last year, because of the pandemic, this convention got canceled. So I'm going to be I'm going to be seeing friends that I haven't seen in almost two years. Uh, You know, it's it's crazy to think about that. You know, like how many. How many people we haven't seen in almost two years? Yeah, that really is wild. I'm excited for you because uh, I think you and I are speaking at a conference uh, when you come back. Like you, you're leaving mm-hmm. Chicago to, to speak at the Indiana conference that we're doing. So, um, really stoked about that. But I, I'm looking forward to you having fun. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Thank you. Some cards. Yeah, yeah. So. As sports cards. Uh, not that this podcast is about that, but the sports card industry is booming. Yes, so, it is. Chaz, what made you smile? Jules, I, <laughs> it's so funny. So a lot of people don't know this, but I have a black lab. His name's Cooper. Uh, he's an amazing dog. And I had big dreams for Cooper. I really did. I have big dreams. Who's, you know, going to be dad's best bud and, and all of these things. Right. And, and he really is a great dog. He's very, very well trained. And, uh, I walk in the other day, I just come in from working out and I'm like, Hey buddy, like you want to, you want to go for a walk? And he was sleeping on the couch and he just perked his head up. He looked at me and let out the most dramatic groan I've ever heard a dog <laughs> do. And he literally just looked at me and he was like, no, I'm good. And yeah. lays his head right back down. And it wasn't, I probably walked 10 steps towards my office and I hear him snoring. It was, it, I mean, it was the cutest, but it was the funniest thing I've ever seen because it was just like, Oh, bud, like you just have yeah. such a rough life where you just eat and play and, yeah. and do what you want. So yeah, he, he, he's got, he's got it rough. I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need that life, man. I, I, I need that life. How, how far is retirement from now? I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> Let's not talk about yeah. that. <laughs> Anyways, so exciting episode today, Jules. Uh, we are going to, of course, talk about the business stat of the day. And in fact, this business stat of the day is going to be a great segue into our topic today. But let's start with this study from the American Psychological Association, the APA, not our payroll people, but the American Psychological (laughs) Association found that organization changes such as restructuring, budgetary modifications, new IT or human resources systems or new leadership 
can lead to employees who are overly stressed, have less trust in their employers, and have a greater desire to find new jobs. Now, specifically, 55% of employees experiencing recent or current change reported prolonged stress compared to 22% of those who had no recent, current, or anticipated change. Now, Julie, we know we work for a tech company. Let's, Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this. What's your first thoughts? Yeah, my first thought is this. That's that's not exactly surprising to me. Um, yeah. When you look at people going undergoing stress and undergoing changes, uh, a lot of times change, you know, it causes the stress. So sure. I think that um, it's not surprising that more employees who were going through the change were st- more stressed than those who had no recent or current or anticipated change. Because we as human beings, Chaz, we like things. <laughs> to go according to our schedule, right? Oh yeah. I'm going to talk about that here a little bit. It's fun. Yeah, Yeah. I I know. I know. Um, I'm stealing your thunder, but I do that sometimes. Yeah. That's okay. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. So I guess today we're going to talk about change, right? Yeah. Yeah. I find it interesting because like we, we go through change period and, and we always have this moment of, Oh no, we don't want to do it. I find it interesting that they called out those specific areas and, and, Julie, we've consulted with companies around the globe and, and I don't think it, it really matters necessarily what the change is. It's more about how the change was communicated. I think there's more about, uh, what the company didn't do prior to the change leading up to the change versus the actual change that, that, that they're implementing. So I had this discussion last night, Chaz, in my class. <laughs> so I teach graduate school, obviously, sure. um, I've said that before on prior mm-hmm. episodes, but you know, the discussion I had was surrounding benefits um, and the importance of organizations communicating changes to benefits and why those changes are made. Yeah. So so important. So I mean, we can talk about, we can talk about change. We can talk about the importance of communication, but I just don't think it can be overstated. Like how, how important communicating the reasons behind the decisions. Sure. How important sure. that is. And, and that's probably the biggest gap that we see, right? So mm-hmm. um, that's actually leads us right into it today. Julie, I'm excited about this. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm weird. I'm a nerd. We all know that I'm the change management practitioner on our team. And, and I spend a lot of time talking about change, but uh, that's what we're going to do today. You know, immediately when we start talking about change, people are probably like gross, like, please don't turn us off yet. I promise there's really good stuff here. But uh, Julie, your, your immediate thought, and and I know 17 years of VP, VP of HR, like, how do you feel about change in an organization overall? And maybe more specifically, uh, how do you feel about changes that happen abruptly in the workplace? Like, hmm. what did you do in those situations? You mean like a global pandemic? Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Well, how about that? <laughs> well, I think the the way that I the way that I personally feel about change has actually evolved over the years. I think yeah. that. I think that as I've gotten older, I've come to accept that it's a part of life and sure. something that I've uh, I've adopted as sort of a, uh, a saying in my head, if you will, whenever there is a massive change that happens is change is the only constant. And right. I think that if there's anything that I've learned as an HR um, uh, professional, it's that there's always going to be changes. And I think yeah. the, the issue is not the change itself, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a few things. It's our response to the change and it's the way that we either take advantage or not um, of an opportunity. So 
we talk about what we're going through now. And in a lot of my speeches, I talk about, you know, are, are we are we going to go on this perpetual decline like we normally like like we did during the pandemic? Or are we yeah. going to rise back up and are we going to build back better? And yeah. that building back better is through change. Yeah. It's funny because when you when you're progressing, that's a change, and mm-hmm. and I think a lot of times we get caught up, and we know there's external factors, right? But at some point, we have to say enough is enough. And if we don't know how to do that, that's when you know you reach out to folks like us, and we'll and we'll talk to you about it. But there are some key ways to address this, Julie. And I think the most important, and we've used this a lot, like I talk a lot about this specific uh, area, is we have to understand how our brain works in this situation. Okay. Uh, especially when a change occurs and it's an unexpected change. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually a study out there that Johns Hopkins did about creating routines. And, and essentially what happens is when you, when you do the same things over and over and over again, your brain is getting stronger. Okay. And that then becomes what your brain recognizes as a routine, right? So I think about like, you get up every day, you start your coffee, you know, you work out, you shower, you go into the office, you turn on your computer, you mm-hmm. read your email, like the list goes on. Like I literally can, it can tell yeah. you exactly how my day goes. Right. And, and what's interesting about that is let's say uh, something happens and it disrupts that routine. Really what it does is it, it wreaks emotional havoc. And you're like, what, mm-hmm. what do I do? Like, how do I respond to this? And see, what's interesting about this study is it goes down the path of what the brain's doing is you're actually tapping into another area of the brain that is not as strong as as the area that you've created this routine in. Right. So it's like, it's like if you're lifting, if you're lifting a weight and you've got a really strong muscle and then all of a sudden you modify it and, and target a different area and you're like, Ooh, that's a little uncomfortable. I don't like that. Right. Yeah, don't skip leg day. Yeah. Right. Like, don't skip leg day. <laughs> but, but that's what your brain's doing. So, right. so it's, it's literally in this moment where, uh, you know, all of the external factors of, of fear, anxiety, anger, you know, whatever the external emotion is that's saying, Hey, don't change we have to take a step back now knowing how the brain works and say, okay, to your point, how do we create an opportunity in this moment? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. And I I think that a lot of us don't think about change in that way. And I think it's a really useful way to think about it because it can help us to sort of figure out why we're reacting and acting the way we are when there is a change. You know, our first thought a lot of times is this hesitation, reservation to make a change, right? Right. Uh, for, for a lot of things. Now, there are some things we want to change, I'm sure. Yeah, but yeah. but uh, when we're talking about a change that is disruption, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that understanding the science behind why we're acting and reacting the way we are is really useful and helpful. Yeah. How, like, so your employees in the past, Julie, how did it impact? And you don't have to be specific, but tell me a little bit about that, right? Like, tell me how it impacted them and kind of how you navigated it. How change impacted them? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would notice whenever there was a change made, be it in compensation structure or be it in uh, benefits or be it in any kind of maybe performance appraisal, you know, there's always, there would always be this hesitation, you know, the also hesitation as to, well, why are we doing this? How is this going to benefit me? This isn't what I'm used to. I think the other thing that I used to see is whenever there was a new manager that came into the picture, right, right. Uh, a new manager who comes into the equation, I think that current employees 
uh, who are given that new manager, they become a little bit defensive and hesitate, yeah. hesitate a little bit sure. to sort of show their true colors and be themselves because they don't know how to adapt to the change in leadership style. It's so funny you talk about that because it kind of goes back to the site contract. Right. Yeah. And we talk about the site contract in a previous episode, but it, it's it's managing those expectations. Right. And the yeah. employer is thinking that they're doing something really, really good. Right. And, and, and chances are probably is. Right. Like we're not saying that it's wrong, right or indifferent, but it, it really is probably good for the business. But did we have conversations with our employees? Like, do we know how this is going to impact them? Have we prepared them? Like, you know what I mean? I would say that nine times out of 10, the answer to that is no, because, but here's the, here, right. but here's why, no, but here's why it's like, I think back about my time as a practitioner and those of you who are listening, who are either HR practitioners, managers, whatever, you can yeah. probably relate to this. You're just trying to get through the day. You're right. trying, you're trying to get through the day with the least amount of interruption and disruption that you can and mm -hmm. trying to get from point A to point B in a clean way. Right. When, when a change happens, I don't know that we always stop and think about the implications of the change from a people perspective. Right. We think about it from a business perspective, but mm -hmm. do we always think about it from that uh, what is it? The, the intrinsic, uh, you know, the, the folks, what are they feeling? How do they feel about this change? Right. And that, that can really snowball and have an effect on teams. It can have an effect on company culture. Yeah. So. And it's, it's adverse impacting in the, in the sense of had we just taken the time to do this. And, and I'm not saying it's for every business decision, right? There's a lot of things that finance has to do that, that, will impact the bottom line in a positive way and they don't they don't need to do this right or mm -hmm. other areas of the business but there is a lot of adverse impact when when we could have just went and asked right like yeah. at the end of the day yeah. and it, and it really reminds me so you know I've been through a lot of change and and you've been through a lot of change in fact we were just working with a company that went through uh, a merger right yep, yep. um and and it's it's really interesting there's a great visualization of what those employees experienced and and I use this too we use this in in a lot of our talks it's the the kubler ross change curve yep. and and what's so great about this visualization is it really helps us understand what to expect and we go through it every time a change has happened it's yep. either it's either expedited or it could be really short. It doesn't matter what the change is, but essentially that initial change happens and it's the shock, right? It's like, oh no, I can't believe it. Right. Yeah. And then you, you, you know, you slowly move up this curve and then it's denial. And it's like, that's, you know what, that's never going to happen again. We're okay. Uh, it, you know, we're, we're moving in the right direction. And then something else happens and bam, like I'm, I'm mad. Like I am genuinely angry because it's not fair to us as the employees. Uh, what 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 goes from there, Jules? Um, oh gosh, you're asking me to recall the change curve exactly what it is, but you know <laughs> what what I would I would encourage folks to 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 Google it, right? The Kubler Ross mm -hmm. change curve. As we're talking, you can get a you can get a sense as to exactly what is on that curve. But mm -hmm. it actually, Chaz, resembles the stages of grief. That's something yeah. that people can. Uh, that they can identify a little bit easier. Right. Um, but the thing about the change curve and, and something that, you know, you've taught me, you've taught me so much about change management along oh, the way. Thanks, Jules. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> um, and yes, you are a nerd. You are a I, I nerd, am. just I, like I I'm am. an HR nerd, but yeah, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. That's okay. Um, 
what what I've learned or what you what I've seen that I don't think I would have thought of before. You know, when we see a curve, we think of going moving along the curve in a in succession, right? We're sure. going to go through these stages. It's all going to be neat and clean again, you know, and, and we're going to get from point A to point B. Well, <laughs> interestingly enough, you can move forward and back on that curve. That's right. Throughout the change process. Yeah. And you may be one place on the curve as an individual and the company as a whole may be in, at another place on the That's curve. Right. So maybe right. the company as a whole, the culture of the company has gotten to the acceptance point, mm-hmm. but you're still on the denial point, yeah. right? So there's, yeah. a dis- there's a disconnect there. What are yeah. some of the implications of that? Yeah. So, so I think one of the things that, that we saw as we were working with this is the, the leadership just expected um, everybody to uh, adhere and it was all going to be kosher and happy. And, and as we moved forward, the company that we were working with, and we just kind of had this response of, hey, look, like these people, you know, after they're upset, after they're angry on the curve, they're going to they're going to go to this bargaining stage and they're going to say, I'm going to do X to prevent Y. Right. And then they hit the bottom and they're the, the curve you is the point of depression. I don't, you know, I'm not saying that it always gets that bad, but then they're like, well, what's the point, right? Like they're trying to improve process. They're trying to improve whatever that change invoked. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're like, oh no. And that's when they move to that stage, Julie, where you talk about acceptance, right? Mm -hmm. And then moving to help prepare. And then they move into the problem solving stage. And those are the organizations that when they expedite this curve, they really, really thrive. Um, And all of this is based on more energy performance over the course of time. And we, we simply just looked at him and said, Hey, look, like you are working towards a great thing for the company, but you will see a dip in productivity. You Absolutely. will see a dip in morale. You will see a dip in performance. And even if you communicate it extremely well, it doesn't mean everyone is prepared to accept the change in that moment. Right. Not to mention like there's external factors. You may be going through something in your personal life that could be influencing your work life, right? right. So, so we start to develop this picture uh, of of what change should look like, but also more importantly, how we how we navigate it and how yeah. we commit to that change. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah. And just to harken back to something that we talked about in the psych contract episode, you know, I think um, something else to consider is just that that concept of the psychological contract and how everybody has their unique ideas of what's behind it right. and it makes it di- it makes it difficult when it comes to change because you remember the mental maps that I talked about yeah yeah, yeah. You, you could be going through a change and it could be as positive as any change right but right. somebody somebody in their past might have had an experience with change mm-hmm that has shaped their mental map, has shaped their idea of what a change is. So it may not be the fault of the company at all. It Mm -hmm. may just be some past experiences that shape the current reality. So Mm -hmm. I think, Chaz, just keeping these things in mind is when we're going through changes um, Uh as as business professionals, they -hmm. just need to be top of mind. And we need to look at whether or not um, we're communicating these changes uh, the right way. Yeah, no, that's spot on. And, and I think about it uh, to the point like how, and I would love to hear it, people reach out to us and say, this is how we navigated change, you know, hashtag people purpose pod or reach out to Julie and I on LinkedIn or send us an email. Yeah. Uh, so Julie, immediately, how do we do this in the world of business? How do we, how do we 
adapt and commit. Notice I didn't say love change. Okay. I never, I never, I'm like, man, you, you should really love change. I'm weird like that, but I also spent a lot of time studying change. So, but how, how do we, how do we navigate this in the world of HR? And, And I'll take the first one. I think we have to have accurate people data so we can make quick and agile decisions. And and based on the examples we've already given, I think people are like, yeah, okay, no kidding. The difference is, you know, is your data trusted? Do you understand what your people are going through currently to make a difference long-term and navigating that change? What do you think, Jules? Yeah. And I've said it before, but when you have accurate data and when you utilize that accurate data to make decisions surrounding changes in the workplace, yep. it makes it a lot easier for you to explain the whys behind it sure. and and show to show folks, well, actually... Here's the data behind, here's the science behind why we made the change rather than just it seeming haphazard. We mm-hmm. definitely don't want that um, because ambiguity breeds uh, distrust yeah, I, I, um, yeah. and, 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 you know, trust at work. Uh, gosh, we have another podcast about that. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Um, I think I think another piece of this too, Jules, and I, is the feedback element that we've talked about in the past, right? It's it's understanding the feedback, and one of the things that I always challenge organizations with is if you're thinking about doing a change or you know you're going to do the change, but you haven't communicated it externally, why not go ask employees? Hey, we've been thinking about this. Like, how do you think this would impact your job or your work, or how would it make you feel? Right. Yeah. Even though you've already made the decision, they may not know that. Uh, but but what it does is it helps you prepare. Right. Yeah, it helps yeah. you prepare to execute a plan that's going to be helpful. Right. Yeah. And the key is to be proactive about that, not reactive. You don't exactly. make the change and then survey. Mm-hmm. They, you know, if it's a, especially if it's something that's going to impact the entire workforce, yep. definitely have focus groups. I mean, there's sure. lots of different things that, that you can do. It's just a matter of do we do them? And I think that, you know, again, we talk about the day to day challenges that we experience in business. And sometimes looking at the larger picture becomes difficult. But in order to move things forward, I think we have to. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the last piece of this, Julie, is we have to equip ourselves and understand why employees work. Yeah. Okay. That that's a crucial component of this because every day to fully understand why employees work, why they show up every day, do they understand the impact that they're making externally for the business? Um, what keeps them coming back. Those things are critical in the change process because if we disrupt, let's say it's 80% of our employees, it's the same reason that they come back to work every day. And then all of a sudden you make a change and you don't communicate it. You don't ask for feedback. You don't, uh, uh, you're not being proactive about understanding where they're coming from. Like, you know, buckle up. Like we are creating more problems for ourselves as decision makers and leaders simply by not taking the time to get ahead of it. So what do you think? Yeah, I know. I agree. You know, I had just a, a brief question. I know we're getting long here on this podcast, but um, what do you think about making employees aware that the Kubler-Ross change curve is a thing? Yes. Great question. Um, I think it's one of those things that, that organizations just don't know about. Like they, mm-hmm. they just don't know about, which is why I'm so uh, adamant about speaking about change mm-hmm. because everyone knows it's a constant, but we kind of put it in the back and, and we'll get to it when we get to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, I would love and appreciate, and I've said this in a lot of my talks to get it in front of employees, no different than mental health resources. Like mm-hmm. it impacts 
the mental health element to same with the stages of grief, yeah. right? Like it impacts the personal well-being of those individuals. So why not share with them, hey, if you're going through this, these are the stages and this is what you can, you know, can prepare for. And if you have questions or if you get stuck in the anger phase, come talk to us. Right. 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 It's a free resource. Like, right. Right. <laughs> you know, the only thing that it's costing you is a little bit of time. Exactly. So I, I think exactly. it would be awesome. Exactly. Well, this has been a great conversation, Chaz, and I think we're, we can wrap it up here. And we'll talk about change throughout a lot of our different podcasts, a lot of our topics, because this is really a, a topic that that flows through uh, many different facets of business. So yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So, uh, okay. So Chaz today, what did we find our purpose in? Okay. So today, uh, change can actually be easier, easier. I'm not saying easy, but easier. If we take the time to stretch ourselves beyond the normal routines. Right. Like doing those mental exercises and exercising our brain. Right. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah. I think the other thing is we have to check our emotions and really understand what triggers us to help us prepare mentally to execute organizational change. I think that's, yeah. yeah. I would take that a step further for the employees too, right? But yeah, 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 yeah for, sure. Like say, for sure. And the last thing we we found our purpose in committing to a, creating a better workplace means being uncomfortable at times, Julie. Yeah. Through that change, and guess what? We all know that's completely normal. Yeah. Like that's completely yeah. normal. So if you yeah. feel like you're stuck somewhere on the on the change curve, uh, that's that's normal. Yeah. yeah. Normalizing our responses to change goes along with normalizing mental health in the workplace That's right. and talking about mental health in the workplace. So right. Chaz, just a few reminders before we leave for folks. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe and use the hashtag PeoplePurposePod on social media sites like Twitter and LinkedIn. Also, be sure to check out the latest blogs and research from the Workforce Institute at UKG by visiting WorkforceInstitute.org. All right, y'all. Julie, I think that's it. Are we yeah. good? That we're, right. we're good. We're good. Let's, <laughs> we'll ma- see let's, let's make a change and end the podcast. <laughs> All right. See y'all. Have a good one. Bye. Hello.